0: Come on, what a joy it is for us to be gathered here as God's people. What an opportunity we have. To be in the presence of the almighty God, anything can happen and it probably will. I'm telling you, the atmosphere has shifted. You remember we're told worship changes the atmosphere. I'm believing with you that God is about to do something incredible in your life. What you came here believing and trusting for, that the Lord is going to hear your cry and God is going to answer you. This is the house of bread. This is Bethel. This is where the presence of God is. This is where he's designated his name to be called upon. And this is where he has gathered his people. So anything, I'm telling you, anything can happen. And it probably will. You just have to grab it by faith and it's yours. Amen. Come on, let's appreciate Jesus. Come on, I'm so excited. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I mean, this is where it's supposed to be happening. This is where it's supposed to be. You go for so many meetings and great things maybe do happen there, but I can tell you when we come to the house of the Lord, great things will happen here. Oh, some of you missed your opportunity to receive something in your spirit. Something is about to take place today. Amen. Let's read from our scriptures from Deuteronomy 30, verse 16. Let's read it with some so Let's go. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, By loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping His commandments, and His statutes, and His rules. Then you live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you ought to take possession of it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's good to be together, as I said. I'm so glad that I have this privilege and opportunity to be able to share Thank you so much, Pastor Nisemi, for allowing me and giving me this open door. I always take it with all humility, all uh, reverence. Man, this fear and trembling on the inside, butterflies in your stomach. I was in the presence of the Lord crying out on your behalf. Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. Your people are coming expecting to hear something. And I better have something, and I was there, the man of God, of course, I told you last time, the man of God in our house is my son, Abraham. I looked to the man of God, and I said, man of God, pray for me. Pray for me, I need a word for the church. And the man of God looked at me, and all he said is, like, why? Just talk to them about the Bible. And I was like, gee, Thanks. That is very wide. eh? There are so many things I can talk about. But today I have a word and I want to spend a few moments talking about this title called Discovering the Power of Obedience. Discovering the Power of Obedience. It's a simple, but I believe a powerful truth that if we can discover its truth, our lives will be radically changed. If we can truly grasp the power of obedience, our lives will radically change. Pastor last week spoke about, you know, in his message and made reference to the army and how the army functions and that we are the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you a soldier in the army? Wasn't that just a powerful series, man? That pastor broke. Can we appreciate the man of God? Man, that was so powerful. And I believe one of the reasons why the army is a major force to reckon with is found in this power of obedience. Their ability to obey. You know, a few years ago, I had the privilege to go to the army barracks and I was conducting a wedding on behalf of one of the army people. And it was quite an experience. Man, everything there is, I'm telling you like, on point. Nothing is out of order. Everything is in its place. I mean, keep people are there on time. I mean, you know, it's sometimes a big shock for me. Because Nairobi Liner's Church, we operate like the army. So we're always on time. But other places are not the same. But man, when I entered there, everything was well done. And I just remember having time with one of the, major, the the major guys and he was telling me how things function there. And man, just being impressed, I think he was bragging because he was, he, I mean, he's always with army guys. You can't brag to yourself, but an opportunity for a civilian to show up was such a big deal. And man, this brother was telling me how things happen. And so as I'm talking to them and we go through the wedding rehearsals, I tell them, hey, on Saturday, man, I'm a stickler for time. We need to be here at this time. And I'm trying to give them the heart of time. And the man looks at me and he's perplexed in his face. He's like, why? Here you tell us and it's an order. Whatever you say, we do. If you tell us, pastor, right now that your car, you want us to carry it to the gate. We don't ask how. We just do it. We find a way to do it. So if you tell us to come at nine, we'll be here at nine. Pastor, this is a command you're giving us. Buddy. Buddy. I I was you know you know you usually not met with such you know reception so and I'm telling you on the day of the wedding everyone in that lineup was there an hour and a half before waiting on me and anyone who knows me I'm usually an hour and a half before the wedding starts they were there at seven ready going through their rehearsal preparing themselves Obedience is key. It's a powerful thing. What's clear is obedience is not an option for them. These people are trained to obey without question. Obedience for them is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of survival and victory. Survival and victory. Let me tell you, if we the church... Can function like the army in this area of obedience. So much can be happening in our lives. So many things can be taking place. Imagine if we were all in obedience. What this church could be able to do in one year. What would we be able to do in this city. In this nation. What kind of testimony would we have as the people of God. That we obey what the master is asking us to do. Obedience is a powerful thing. Even in the most small issues that you might be going through. I remember one time I had this investment idea that I wanted to do. And I believed it was the investment of the year. You know how husbands, you can believe this is what's going to make us money. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm telling her we are about to be billionaires. About to make it, baby. And I tell her, hey, babes, and I break down the investment. And she looks at me and just says, "Mm, I don't feel it. I'm not sensitive. You know how sometimes us husbands are like, what do you mean you're not sensing it? What do you mean you're not feeling it? What is the word of the Lord? Speak to me, woman, what the Lord has told you, not what you're feeling. Speak to me. And she just says, I just feel in my spirit. Don't do it. And man, you know, early on in our marriage, we had agreed you always go with the sensitive one. (laughs) The one who's closest to the Lord is the one we follow. And since she was feeling it in her spirit, I decided, let me obey. (laughs) Let me obey what it is that she's sensing. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, was I glad (laughs) I obeyed. I mean, it saved us a lot of money. As things didn't pan out for that investment the way I'd thought that they would. And we would have lost a lot of money. And I'm so grateful that she was sensitive. There's power in our obedience. We live in a day and age where obedience to God is an option for us. That we give ourselves either to do it or not to do it. Depending on how I'm feeling at the time. Or maybe depending on how I'm not feeling at the time. What I choose to believe or I don't. Our obedience comes with conditions. We put conditions in our obedience. And depending on whether the condition is right then I will give my obedience. If the condition is not right, based on what I'm hearing the Lord saying, mm, it's a here and there. What we miss to see is the power that is available when we obey the commander Jesus. Just imagine with me for a while, if the disciples refused to obey Jesus, refused, anything he said, they were like, "Mm -mm, we don't believe that. We don't believe you're the Messiah. We don't believe you can do what you said you can do. We don't believe what you're asking us where to go. We don't believe what would they have missed out on as a result of their disobedience? Same question to you. Imagine you. If you obeyed everything Jesus told you to do, what kind of life would you be having today? What kind of life would you be living? What kind of experiences would you be having? You know, so many of us think, man, I wish I was there in the days of Jesus. Can you imagine being there with Jesus himself? If today you heard Jesus was in town, like literally in town, some of us would have sold everything to follow him because you know he's Jesus. But don't you know we have Jesus? He dwells in us in the form of his spirit. He's here with us. Some of us, is like until we see him live, live. That's when I'll do what God is saying, and I think about the children of Israel we had sale this past week with Pastor Don and Pastor John. The other pastors who are not available, and we were just started sharing. was like, "Let me hear what God is doing," and we just started laughing because we've been going through the Bible, and we were laughing how when you read the book, the Bible, you wonder why these people were disobedient. Don't you? Why would they disobey God? I mean, at one moment, God has spoken to them live, live. That's how it sounded, but it was God. God spoke to them. They saw the thunder. They saw the theatrics. You know how we tell people, you know, so many times how Christianity, how we like talking Christianese and we talk about these realities that we are not ready for. We say, if God Himself does not come, hmm? that day He came and they were like, Tumana. Please send someone. <laughs> Please. This is too much for us. I mean they heard God. His voice. Thundering. They saw the, the bigness of God. The excellence. The majesty. What happened just a few days after that? They built a gold, gold, golden calf. Like you almost wonder. What's, what's going on with these people? Don't they get it? I mean, this is God. They just saw the Red Sea part. Seriously. Like, see, you've been to Mombasa. If you haven't, you'll be there. But you've been to Mombasa. Imagine the ocean as you're standing, parts. And you see it. But more than seeing it, you walk in it. And then you disobey. How? And we were laughing and wondering, man, boy, oh boy. But I just started thinking to myself, boy, boy, how many times have I seen Red sea is open in my own life. Miracles taking place. You know what we are living in is true. You know what we've gone through is true. Why do we behave like it's not true? Why do we behave like there's no God? Why do we behave like there's no power that he, he uses? I mean, you remember the day you got saved? You remember the time you came to that altar? No one pushed you. No one coerced you. You know what you experienced. You know what God said in that moment. You know why you came in front. You know why you were so broken. This thing is tangible. You remember the life you used to live. You remember the things you used to do. Stop looking at me as if you don't remember. You remember the things you used to do. How you were so caught up. How you were so bound. Some of us were in drugs. Some of us were caught up in lust. Some of us were bound up in... In all kinds of things. And God in a moment delivered us. So you know this thing is true. But why? Why don't we walk in this power. Of obedience. And I believe one of the reasons why we don't. Is trust. We don't really trust. The one that is giving this command. You have to be confident. In the one giving the command to obey it you have to be confident. If you don't trust God, if you don't have trust, in the army, they have to trust what they're being told. They have to trust that the command that has been given, the one who is giving it is trustworthy. We have to trust that what God has said is what God has said. And we have to trust that we have to do what he has said. Otherwise, there will be consequences. Joshua was one of those people who received a a command that was not ideal with the walls of Jericho. But yet, because of the trust that he had and the people had, everyone, imagine everyone in Israel obeyed it. And what happened? Powerful things happened. But later on, in the next war, someone didn't trust Someone didn't trust the commander. One guy. One guy failed to obey. It cost people lives. Cost a great army the victory. Joshua is before the Lord crying out his eyes. Wondering. Ai is such a small group. They don't even have walls. We should have taken these people out just like that. And the Bible says... God tells him, Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but they have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer. Unless you destroy the things amongst you that were set apart for destruction. Listen how God is talking. He's saying Israel, but it was one guy. You have to understand that this power of obedience doesn't just affect you as an individual. It affects us as a church. The church is in disobedience. No wonder we're not seeing this power. We're not seeing this demonstration of what God wants to do. Because we are like this individual in AI doing what God has commanded us not to do. So, there are three things I want to talk about. Powerful things that happen when we obey. Number one, obedience releases the supernatural, it releases the supernatural. God acts on our behalf when we obey Him, He acts on your behalf. When we obey God, we position ourselves to see the supernatural take place. There are so many stories in the Bible about God acting supernaturally on behalf of his people. I don't know if you've had this story or you've read your Bible, but I love reading stories that just blow my mind. Because so many times, you know, we of read through stuff and we don't really think through them. Like there's a story about David fighting the Philistines. There was nothing unusual with that. And he decides, let me pray and ask the Lord for help. And the Lord tells him, go, attack them and you'll defeat them. And he attacks them and he defeats them. Then the Bible says a time goes by and the Philistines come again to the same place and they're fighting David and David decides to pray. And this time the Lord tells him, don't go at them straight. Go around them. Go around them, the trees, the polar trees. Go around the polar trees. And I can just imagine... Just David, just, you know, okay, go around the polar trees. Last time it was straight, this time it's different. But the Bible says God tells them when you hear the shuffling, he says when you hear, this is the signal, Great, get ready to move out. It's a signal that God is going ahead of you when you hear the shuffling in the trees. Imagine this for a military strategy. We are in the forest. And what you're waiting to hear is the shuffling of trees. Imagine you being a young army guy. You've just joined the ranks. You know of the great exploits that David does. You know of the mighty men of David, the mighty three, the thirty, the 36. You know, you just know their story. You know men, how many things they've done and how God has made And you're joining the ranks and you're waiting to go forth. And David says, this is the signal. Listen out for the shufflings of the trees." Just imagine you being there and wondering, this is it. <laughs> this is how we're going. Because God tells him he's gone before him. many scholars, many Bible scholars believe those were angels walking above the trees. And there was a great, great win. Several stories I can tell you about. The servant was told, the servants who were told, take this water and serve it to the party. Take this water and serve it. I mean, think about it. Imagine it was you. Your job is in the line. (laughs) Because you know I'll be fired the moment I present this thing and I'm saying it is wine. They didn't know who Jesus was, they didn't know he was a son of God. But they obeyed. And the supernatural took place. The Levites, the Bible says, they were standing at the Jordan, and it was flood stage. They didn't know what God was doing down in Adam. They were standing in the midst of it. What all you go? Imagine you being the Levites, and you're carrying something so heavy. The water is going. (laughs) Everyone is looking at you. Mm -hmm. Take the step. Imagine the Bible says the moment their feet touched the water supernatural supernatural things happened the servant who lost his axe who was its friend running and crying out oh my axe is gone this thing was someone else's the prophet telling him just throw a tree into the water and it will float just think about it obedience and he did it supernatural you even wonder clearly well, the, the stick had a radar that went and dictated where the, the axe head was and went and lifted it and you know you just think about it try it tomorrow <laughs> some of you are looking at me like yeah of course it will happen <laughs> Peter being asked by Jesus after toiling the whole night. This man was a fisherman. Let's even believe he was a great fisherman. He knew what he was doing and yet Jesus telling him, cast it on the other side. Just his obedience, supernatural. Obedience releases the supernatural. Secondly, it releases the blessing. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, it says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all he commands that I command you, all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Not only come upon you but overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. The next verses speak about all these blessings that God is going to pour out upon his people if they obey him. Obedience releases the blessing. Some of us are crying for blessings but living in disobedience. You read the rest of Deuteronomy 28. It starts with the blessings for like eight chapters over there. Then the rest and they go for a while, is what God will do when you disobey. You're living in disobedience to what God has said you do and you're expecting God to bless you. You want God to open the windows of heaven but you're not tithing. You want him to move on your behalf and there's something God has told you to do. You want God to bless something in your area and there's someone God has told you to let go of obedience will release the blessing and let me tell you there are blessings for us to enjoy as his people Isaiah 119 says if you only obey me you will have plenty to eat hallelujah if you only obey me we are living in a very tough time things have shot up and God is saying if you only obey me you will have plenty to eat But if you look carefully, James 1, 25 says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you had, then God will bless you for doing it. There's a blessing waiting on you on the other side of your obedience. There's a blessing. And can I tell you, this blessing is not just yours. It's ours. It's ours to enjoy. Lastly, obedience releases the voice of God. The voice of God. The voice of the Lord today comes through the Holy Spirit. In John, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. You and I cannot afford to silence the voice of God. We are living in such unprecedented times. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Pastor last week said the days that we are living in has never been seen. In his generation and even in ours, the kind of things that we are going through. You don't know what tomorrow holds. One moment you might be planning for great things and planning to do wonderful things, then things shift. Things are shifting in governments. Things are shifting in the continent. Things are shifting in the world arena. One war affects the whole earth. One war. Things are shifting and you and I cannot afford to silence the voice of God. The Bible tells us the Spirit will tell you of things yet To come. How many of you want to know what the future holds? How many business people want to know what the future holds? How many career people wants to know what the future holds? Young people, you're worried, wondering, will I get a job? The Holy Spirit will tell you of things yet to come. Obedience is what will bring the voice of God over your life. Why should he tell you something that you're going to ignore? Why would the Holy Spirit speak to us if we're just going to ignore? If we're going to dismiss it? If we're not going to do it? Saul was that kind of man. Saul had the opportunity to not only be the first king, but to be a great king. God told him, just obey. But Saul, through different circumstances, disobeyed God consistently. And the Bible speaks and one day Saul was seeking the word of the Lord and the by, the scripture tells us it says and when Saul asked he said where is the scripture it's in first Samuel 28 it says and when Saul inquired of the Lord the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by urim or by prophets and he was getting into a war that was about to destroy him. This was the, when Saul died. And he needed the word of the Lord desperately. But he did not hear anything. He had to concoct ways and evil ways to get the word of the Lord by raising Samuel, his ghost, from the dead. You know, there's also a part in the Bible that says in those days, the word was rare. I know we think we because we have the Bible... <laughs> We are good. But there's a voice that is missing in the body of Christ today. A voice that comes from the spirit of God. And without that voice, I'm telling you we are missing out on the great and wonderful things that God does, wants to do. That voice will lead you to the supernatural if you obey it. That voice will lead you to sing the blessings of God. I remember one time, and I finished with this. I was in the house of the Lord, I was just about to get married and as you know the plans of the wedding just overwhelm you and I had a dream, I had a personal dream, this might not be your dream, it's not the way everything needs to be, but I had a personal dream and I dreamt about this since I was 16 years old, that I'd have a big wedding, that I would invite 1,000 people to my wedding. That everyone and everyone, you know you, you people tell you, oh, how come you didn't invite me, no this one you'll be invited." I wanted everyone to come and see this wonderful occasion because I'd waited for this moment and I was there just stressed out of my mind, how will I fund this wedding?" <laughs> how how, how Lord? And the Lord tells me, as we are worshiping just like we were today, my weapon is what's that song goes? Your presence is my web. And I'm worshipping, and I'm worshipping. And instantly I hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice tells me, give what you have. And what I had was a lot of money. It wasn't enough money to meet everything, but it was a good enough chunk. And you know a good enough chunk. I don't want to say the figure, then all of you start. But it was a good enough chunk that the Lord told me, it away. Have you ever had that sinking feeling? All of a sudden, I stopped worshipping. I don't know even what pastor preached after that. Because <laughs> I'm just like, what? Man! This is, we've saved, this is all our savings. This was what was going to go pay for the deposits. I'm going through the excuses in your head. You know those rational excuses? Those things, this is not the Lord. <laughs> This can't be the Lord. And I'm going through. And I can tell the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. And I say, yes, Lord. And I give him a fleece. I say, Lord, if this is you, tell my fiance at that time. Tell her. Let it be okay. Inward in my heart, I'm like, my fiancé is not going to say yes. So I wait for her. She comes. <laughs> and I'm there dreading to tell And I'm like, hey, the Lord has spoken to me. God has told us to give everything we have saved. And then he's going to show himself. And she looked at me, paused, smiled, and said, Okay. You're like, okay, are you hearing what I'm saying? God has said, we give it all. Not even a cent remaining. We start from scratch with him. We gave it all away. It was hundreds of thousands. Gave it all away. You were like, yes, Lord. Then the voice of the Lord told me. Again, I hear the voice. I'm praying in my room, asking God, okay, here I am, Lord, I'm waiting. Bring the, bring the millions. Bring the millions. I'm here waiting. I hear the voice telling me, no committee. You're not going to have a fundraiser. You're not going to go ask, God, I'm going to come through for you. Just me. To be you, me, and your fiancé. Again. I go tell my wife, the Lord has spoken. Let me tell you, the series of events that took place, you'd think I'm lying to you. Money was coming out from everywhere. Everywhere. We would go look at a venue. They tell us how much. Immediately someone sends me exactly this amount I need. Immediately. I pay it without even wasting time people would call me and hear, I hear you're doing a wedding and you haven't told me. I'm going to send you something small. When I see there's something small, I want to faint. Hand, I'm talking thousands of shillings given. My folks have told us, you know, we didn't have anything to do, but me and our friends have come together here. When I saw the amount... I was like, hey, Jehovah. Kumbe, you are there. (laughs) Kumbe, you speak to your people. Things were happening. We would go get our rings. The guy would look at me and say, I love this couple. I'm going to give you a special deal. As we were walking to the shop, someone sends me an amount. I look at it and I'm like, okay, by this time I'm getting used to this. Way of life. (laughs) And as we enter, the guy says, I like this couple. And he looks at me and he smiles and he says, I'm going to give it for you, this amount. Don't ever tell anyone what I did for you here. Guess what the amount is? What I have on my phone. (laughs) Obedience. Obedience will unlock the supernatural in your life. It will bring the blessings, but more importantly, you will have the voice of God leading and guiding you in the day and age we're living in. Come on, I want us to take a few moments and I want us to commit ourselves to this walk of obedience. That God will, God, I'm committing myself afresh. In the book of Ezra, in the book of Nehemiah, when they had the law, When the law was discovered and they had what God had to say about his commandments, the Bible says the entire nation committed themselves again. They made even a covenant with God that we will obey everything that is written in the word of God. I don't want you to make this commitment lightly. Because let me tell you, this path of obedience will cost you everything. But there's nothing that you're going to give God that will even come close to what he's about to give to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, look upon your people today. See our hearts that are drawn to you right now. We want to walk in this way, Father. Like Paul, the things we want to do, we don't do. The things we need to do, we are doing the opposite. But we are looking to you who's able. Who's already made that way possible? Who has released the grace that is sufficient for us to walk in obedience to your word? Father, with the day and age we're living in, everyone wants to walk the opposite way. But here we are, Lord, standing in your presence, crying out to you, God, committing ourselves, saying, God, I'm choosing. I am resolving within myself from this day forward to walk in obedience. To walk in obedience to your word. To walk in obedience to your truths, your statutes, your precepts. To live in accordance to your word. To separate myself, to consecrate my life. That it might be lived for you. So help me God. Help me Holy Spirit. You has been sent to us and has been given access to us. That we might be helped by you. Help us to walk in obedience. And we might receive everything that you have in store for us. Father, forgive us for every time we've disobeyed. Forgive us, have mercy on us. Let this day be a new chapter in our lives. All to the glory and honor of your name we do pray. And everybody say amen. Come on, can we appreciate the Lord? If we can only grasp this truth, <laughs> your life will never be the same again. Go out. Walk in obedience. Walk in obedience. Do what God is telling you to do. Your life will never be the same again. I'm telling you, you're about to experience some new things. You know, the older we get in the Lord, (laughs) the harder it is to obey. Because we think we know. And knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes you feel like you've got it in control. But until we obey... The word doesn't have its power over our lives. Amen. Have a blessed week. We'll see you guys next Sunday.